Good evening, everyone. Welcome to The Light Gate with Preston Dennett and Dolly Saffron, minus Dolly Saffron. I am Michelle DeRocha, your guest co-host for this evening's show, as Dolly is unable to make it tonight. We are broadcasting live on the United Public Radio Network, UFO, Paranormal Radio Network, 105.3 from the Gulf Coast, 107.7 FM from New Orleans. So, Preston, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing well, very well. I hope you are, too. <laughs> Oh, I'm doing splendid because I just love being here. Sorry, love you, Dolly, but I'm having fun. <laughs> yes, thank you, Michelle, so much for filling in. That is awesome. And Pleasure. Welcome you all to, get this, episode 43 of The Light Gate. We're moving right along. I am, of course, your host, Preston Dennett, author, researcher, and a little bit of an experiencer. And my lovely co-host tonight is Michelle Desrochers. She's actually the host of her own show, The Outer Realm, which airs live each Wednesday and Thursday evening at 9 p.m. So that's Eastern. So check that out. It's an awesome show. I've had the wonderful honor and privilege to be on it a few times. Oh, you're so, a frequent flyer. <laughs> I am, and I couldn't be happier about it because it's always so much fun with you, Michelle. <laughs> Thank you. And this is going to be exciting because we've never co-hosted together. This is going no, to be awesome. <laughs> no. I know. I have to try to remember. I'm in the back seat tonight. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you can drive anytime you want. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> all right. So let me see. Uh, we do have a wonderful guest tonight, and I'll be reading her bio and bring her on in just a second. But as you guys know, I love to say hello to all of you in chat because I just adore you because of you we are able to do this show so thank you thank you so much and here you guys are we have brian morgan thank you for joining us and doxy michael always brings the popcorn thank you michael and so music tv Raphael, a former guest on our show very popular twice actually awesome to see you here and Hector Gonzalez, all the way from Queens, New York. I spent two weeks in New York once. I loved it. New York is fun. Oh, it's so fun. I stayed it at the is. apartment it of is. a soap star, actually. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. You want to go down that road? <laughs> <laughs> I've got some stories, I'll tell you. <laughs> That's another show. <laughs> All right, who else do we have here? Ruth Kleiber, hello, and Woodland Goblin. Always nice to have a goblin on the in chat. <laughs> who else do we have here? Lots of people, you guys. It's awesome. Oh, Dana, you are so kind. A super sticker of $9.99. I truly, truly appreciate that. It certainly helps to fund the show, which does cost us a little bit here and there but it's certainly worth it. And boy, with donations like that, I can't complain. So huge thank you to you, Dana. Ah, Sandra, hello, how are you doing? So awesome to see you here. Fun Talks TV. Oh, Susan. Susan's of course, another prior guest and was in my book, shameless plug. Humanoids. Ooh, shameless plug. <laughs> you can plug on your own show. I'm pretty sure. Right? <laughs> I, think I get to do that. You <laughs> do. <laughs> Let me see. I may have already said hello to you, Fun Talks TV, but 
what the heck why not again and who else do we got on here <laughs> louise greetings from new jersey the garden state hello awesome to see you oh my gosh namaste you and your endless generosity i am humbled i'm honored and you have my endless gratitude forever so just email me and i'll do what i can <laughs> thank you so much and you too star orchid wow i just you guys i love you so much you really really just warm my I feel heart like a group hug coming on <laughs> it's gonna be very emotional from my end let me tell you what <laughs> it's just so awesome i mean i just love our people and yeah, we, we have, have a, great just people. a friendly little group here Yes. Lynn Morrissey, hello, and Sunny Bournette. And don't you find that the chat room makes it that much more exciting? It does. I love yes. it. Very just, interactive. We're all here together, bringing people from all over the world. Yes. It's the most awesome thing. And sorry, Dolly can't be here. That's awesome. <laughs> Michelle has some really cool stories, too. And she's an experiencer, so she knows some things, to say the least. Oh, some things i'm a happy experience, <laughs> <laughs> all right hina thompson hello all the way from down under awesome australia i'm gonna go there one day i tell you one my day. daughter was sent her to live there for a few months i was really? surprised she came back yeah you want to go live in australia all right i mean you can just go for the koala bears and kangaroos pretty Not much and the cockatoos apparently <laughs> <laughs> so all right one day in december awesome and angie hello all the lovely people in chat catherine farfeathers i see you here again thank you so much better get started pretty soon our guest is waiting i know <laughs> let me see oh observe oh i get it observe it took me a uh -huh. second <laughs> hello observe <laughs> wayne mellows hey Hello, Wayne. Made it. Joining us, and Cheryl, <laughs> Arizona, and Kayleen White. Oh, you adore me? Of course we do. Why wow. would we? You're adorable. Wayne, Wayne, Wayne. <laughs> and I think I pronounced this Siobhan. No, my name is Rose, and I'm here for the first time. Oh, welcome. That is awesome. I hope you find our little group here nice and friendly, because we do try. Linda Catlett and Dragonfly. Sunny says, hey, hi to Dolly for us. We certainly will. Okay, we really better, better get started. <laughs> like, I am yeah. going to get in trouble. We can have a show it's... just with welcoming the chat. <laughs> <It's not laughs> I, I know. I know, I know, but well. I, can't just, I just can't resist. Big wave, big wave. <laughs> okay. Hugs, hugs. Let's get our guest in because <laughs> she has been so patient she's been just a champ i'll tell you what <laughs> oh. <laughs> all right yes our guest tonight and it's such an honor is denise stoner you may have heard of her she's quite well known in this field she's an author a researcher and a ufo experiencer so we are very lucky to have her her involvement in this field spans decades she has quite a resume, and I will go through it as quickly as I can. She's taught classes in stress reduction for more than 12 years for professionals in the fields of medicine and law. She's got an educational background in business and psychology and is a certified hypnotist specializing in regressive hypnosis, which is so awesome in this field. 
She began her research in hypnosis under Dr. Bob Romack from Denver and has also worked as a paranormal investigator in the homes of abductees that felt they had been visited by spirits following abductions. There's definitely a connection there. We'll have to talk about that. Denise has also done background investigations for the military and recruits seeking highly classified clearances for work on nuclear submarines. I wonder about the connection there because ETs are all about warning about nuclear stuff. Let's see, what else do we have here? Prior to retirement, Denise moved, moved to the Naval Air Warfare Center Training Systems Division Military Research Facility, where she was the training coordinator for several hundred military and civilian employees. Wow, Denise, that is very impressive. She is the director for the Florida Research Group affiliation of the UFO Research Center of Pennsylvania, U4COP, a mutual UFO network national abduction research team member and a Florida MUFON field investigator star team member and the former Florida MUFON state section director and chief investigator. She holds educational forums for public and private gatherings for abduction experiencers and no surprise, has appeared on TV and many radio shows. She speaks yearly at the Daytona Museum of Arts and Sciences and the Paranormal Investigative Association, plus many other venues. We just found out she's a member of OPUS as well, which I've already mm -hmm. forgot what that stands for, but she can. <laughs> but it's with Les Velez, big, big <laughs> plug right there. And Les is just awesome. So. <laughs> All right. Now, just a couple yeah, of more lines here and we'll bring her on. <laughs> She's worked as an on-camera expert for documentaries produced in the United Kingdom. She has had extraordinary and extensive interactions with UFOs and ETs for her entire life. And she is also the co-author with Kathleen Marden, of course, Betty Hill's niece and a huge figure in this field, co-author of two books, The Alien Abduction Files and Making Contact, Alien Abduction Case Studies, which I believe is also available for children. Okay, well, let's just bring Denise on and get there we this go. started. Now you will not forget Opus. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us, Denise. Well, thank oh. you for inviting me. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's a true honor. I've been following you for quite some time. Not a lot of people have survived too long in this field. You know, they, they come in and then they go. But here you are. Here I am. That's here awesome. I am. And I have to give some thanks to Kathleen Martin for that because writing that book with her has been, was quite an experience. And we've become very good friends over a period of 12 years. Yeah, she's just an awesome, awesome lady. I did a panel with her on yeah. another show some months uh, back. Uh -huh. and it was just a delight. She's very yeah. knowledgeable. And oh, boy, is she. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And to have that connection to, of course, the iconic Betty Hill. <laughs> wow. Because <Yeah. laughs> so that changed true. everything in this field. Yeah, it yeah. Really absolutely. Did. Okay, well, I hope you're doing well and ready for a two-hour marathon or, well, one hour and 40 minutes now. <laughs> I, am, I am ready. <laughs> Enjoyed listening to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can't help but have a little bit a little bit of fun. Sure. That's why we're here on Earth, right? <laughs> if we're not right. having fun, what are we doing? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
right. Well, like I told Michelle, and like I'm sure all the people in chat know, I love to start the show with just in the beginning. How did this all roll out for you as a little kid? Did you believe in UFOs? Did you have experiences? What was your first experience? I mean, how did it all start for you? Well, I was a little, little kid, and people asked me, how did you remember? And the trigger for that memory was my mom was in the hospital having my sister. Oh. Um, so I was going to have a new sibling. And I was with my grandparents who lived with us but had never taken care of me by themselves. My mom never left me alone. So this was the first time. Wow. So while my grandfather, I was two and a half, and while my grandfather was doing our dinner dishes, uh, I climbed up on a little sofa, which a uh, window was in back of it, and it overlooked an empty field. Nothing but telephone wires. So I was just watching, and my mom read to me, I think, before I was born. So I had a lot of nursery rhyme characters in my life. Uh, my wallpaper was full of nursery rhyme characters nice. in my bedroom. So all of a sudden, a huge egg shape, something came over the telephone wires. It was right outside the window. So my first thought as a little child, I thought it was Humpty Dumpty. And I kept thinking, turn around. It was egg shaped, perfect, uh, only gold. And I couldn't find the mouth and the nose. And I kept thinking, is he going to fall? into the field, but I didn't see any feet or arms like some of the drawings had. So my grandfather came through. I had a dish towel folded over his right arm. I can remember that. And I said, Grandpa, what's Humpty Dumpty doing out there? Hmm. And he looked, and I can remember the look of fear on his face. Hmm. Oh, he wow. was scared, and he said, well, well, okay, let's go upstairs and read our story. He was from Scotland, so he had quite a strong accent. So he saw it too? The Brugge, yes. Uh -huh. he, he saw the, wow. Yes. So he took me by my hand, helped me down, and we went upstairs. And he read my favorite story, which was Jack and the Beanstalk. I liked the idea of climbing above the clouds and so forth. So um, little did you know, little did I know <laughs> he went back downstairs and left me to fall asleep. And I was looking at my wallpaper. I was looking for Humpty Dumpty and he wasn't there. Hmm. So while I was looking, a little figure stepped out from the wallpaper. He was hooded. And he had bell-shaped sleeves. He was very short, probably about my height, because he could look right in my eyes when he walked up to my bed. And in one hand, he held what was either a tool or an instrument of some kind, very, very narrow, with a little tiny light on the end. So he walked up to me and looked at me. And when I looked back at him, I saw these the great big almond-shaped dark eyes. Um, I wasn't afraid because I was used to all kinds of stories. And, and the Scottish people, my grandparents uh, being Scottish, always told stories of what they saw. Um, they did not have experiences like that. But the little people in Scotland, um, they believed in them. 
So he asked if I'd like to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <I do. laughs> oh my goodness, yes. So he asked if I'd like to go for a little walk with him, and I said yes. So I took his hand. I reached up inside the sleeve and took his hand. We walked out into the hall, and he touched the wallpaper in the hallway with that odd-looking light. And when he did, we walked right through the wallpaper wow. and just kept walking. And I looked, and everything was kind of a brushed silver that I think of it nowadays, a real brushed silver, not shiny. Um, there was a bench that ran from the doorway or entryway all the way around. And I could look at the far end, and I saw other kids down there. And I wow. saw another entity holding some sort of little board. It looked like they were reading from it to the hmm. kids. And the entity that had me in there said, you probably probably will, will get to go down and play with them one of these minutes. And I was just so astounded at what I was seeing that mm. I didn't have any comments or answers or say, take me home. None of that. I was probably only there about 10 minutes. And he turned us around, brought me back walked me back through the wallpaper the way we came and put me back in bed. Oh, you didn't that get was... to play with the other kids? No. <laughs> oh, darn it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, darn this time. Yeah. Almost okay. like it was a precursor, right? Like easing maybe you into feeling comfortable for future visits. I mean, Preston, in your experiences with interviewing people with that. Yeah. Well, it does start early and, and kudos to you, Denise, for remembering yeah. that far back. Wow. Yeah, that's that's really impressive. <laughs> yeah. I, I I've noticed that though with contactees, they often have, you know, an eidetic or photographic memory or just remembering stuff when you know mainstream science says, Oh, you can't remember till age four. It's not true. <laughs> not true. Not at all. <laughs> no. Wow. So that was is that like your first memory? First period? memory. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The very <laughs> first memory. And that continued along those lines for mm, probably until they started taking my sister. Um, I saw her being floated. They put her crib right next to mine. Um, we only had um, three bedrooms and my grandparents had one. So my dad was having a home built for us, Our first, their first new home. And I started to see my sister floating over the top of her crib and out the door into the hallway and she wouldn't come back for a while. Now, does she remember this as well? She did, but would not talk about it at all. Well, at I don't all. Not. Said she wanted nothing to do with it. Aww. And so uh, my dad started to think that she was escaping, that she was one of those child houdinis <laughs> <laughs> because occasionally she would drag a blanket or a sheet with her and as she passed the hallway downstairs she'd throw that over and it would land at the foot of the stairs so my dad actually built the crib up thinking she would not be able to escape um, and she did of course they were taking her she wasn't leaving herself <laughs> so must have so been that, quite a mystery for your parents. <laughs> yeah, they just really didn't 
figure it out at all um, until I told them. Oh, I told my mom years ago. That was going to be my next question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, we were all on the, on the second floor of this home. So uh, my dad and mom were at the end overlooking um, a, our yard. And my dad was a uh, Army, what was it called? Army Air Corps bomber in world war ii so he looked out the window they were lying in bed talking and he saw two lights coming across the yard and he would be in the mode to save us all because it was too low and he said to my mom if that thing comes any closer it's going to hit the house the right. next yeah. the next thing he remembered it was morning now when was this and where this was still, this was in Hartford, Connecticut. We were still in the first home and we were all up on the second floor where our bedrooms were. All right. So you were, you were uh, still a little kid too? I was a little kid. At that point? Yep. Oh. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So um, that's the only time I heard my dad speak of anything and he really wouldn't say a whole lot uh, because later on you, after you he finished. Yeah, you didn't talk yeah. about things like that back then, did you? Mm -mm, no. And after he finished school, his big dream was to become uh, in, involved in aerospace, which he did. Wow. And cool. I think he worked in the tunnels in Nevada um, because he spoke about that a little bit. He couldn't say too much, especially if I asked him what he did. And he would say, well, I take things. <laughs> and we go to Nevada, whatever that means, and then I bring them back and look at them. And he said, "Now don't ask me anymore." <laughs> wow. So, yeah. So, so while all this is going on with your early experiences, were you interpreting it in any way? I mean, what were you were you thinking? Wow, these are aliens, or these are no. ETs? <laughs> no, I I had no idea. Right. Um, you know, we weren't taught to look at people, whether they be disabled. Uh, born differently, looked differently, came from another area of Earth. We were not taught to question who they were, which was good. We were just raised to appreciate people. Right. So I didn't think about it. They're just people who look a little different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Amazing. Wow. Yeah. So that experience at age two was the first, and it continued, you said? It continued, and then we moved into our new home in a little town called Weathersfield in Connecticut, a little historic town that's still just as quiet and nice as it was when I grew up there uh, until high school. And I would be taken from my bedroom um, and a couple of times left in the park where one end was my grammar school and then a big open park where the high school played football. So, wow. I, yeah, I came to um, in the park one night, and no one locked their doors, closed their windows, locked their car door. Everything was wide open. So I could just walk home, open the front door, go upstairs, and go to bed. Yeah. See, I that's crazy to me. <laughs> like, how, can I ask how old you were when at that time? Like, Yes, I was... Um, well, going moving on from let's see, would be 
first grade when we moved to the new home. So seven, maybe six. Yeah, seven-ish, yes. Wow. So is that normal just to be, you know, to be dropped off, like not where they, they took you from? The two and a half, I mean, okay, but six is still pretty young. to just be dropped <laughs> off in a field. I'm yeah. mortified as a parent. How far away <laughs> from your house is that? Is that like? Yeah. Um, I yeah. would say about two city blocks. What? <laughs> uh, very quiet. Um, yeah, it was. Was that normal? Or would they always do that? Or would? No, no. Okay. Only wow. I think that they. And I hate to say this; it sounds like I don't know what I'm talking about. But I felt like they got lost, hmm. and huh. recognized that school and right. the yard, and had possibly flown over that before. So I knew where I was. I, it was kind of <laughs> cold out at night, and my Sounds little pajama like bottoms were. Yeah. So <laughs> maybe that's I, the explanation. <laughs> that is kind of. I do hear yeah, they gave you a rookie who just dropped you, thinking, "Okay, remember Dolly's girlfriend? She said they dropped her off. Oh, I think it was a mile from her house, dressed in someone else's nighty, uh, <laughs> not hers. Uh -huh. No. <laughs> so okay, so I have to ask. Okay, what is up with that? I mean, did you, did you come out in somebody else's clothes? They drop you off, not where they take you. And people Sometimes. wonder why maybe people might be a little bit unnerved with the fact that if, if, if I knew my children were being taken, <laughs> dropped off a mile away, I'd be sitting there on the veranda with a shotgun. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. Well, that was kind of the way my mom was. She okay, was see, it's way a mother thing. Okay, good. Protective, it is a mother thing. Yes. Yeah. Right. Well, this does um, happen. Susan Alloy, I was dropped off 360 miles what? away. What? <laughs> <laughs> yes. We have a problem with this stuff, guys. <laughs> that was a little bit different. She was traveling at the time, Susan. Wow. <laughs> but that is, I hear that, you know, that's not that unusual. Yeah. Often it'll be just outside the house, and the poor kid is like, let me in, let me in. <laughs> yeah. No, I just walked in because I knew nothing was locked. Um, again, so do you remember uh, being on board at these? Other times? Just a little bit. I, I remember mostly coming home and there was this kind of a grayish looking person. He was quite tall and he was very, very thin. Um, and I was just a little girl, so I had to think of something to describe him. I called him the oil can man. Do you oh. guys remember the old oil cans that if you pushed your thumb yes. on the top, and a long spout, it would drop and make a kind of a clocking noise, like mm -hmm. clock, clock. Yeah. This is the type of thing this entity had on the end of his hand, only it stretched. And when I started to run away from him, he would reach out and drip something on my shoulders. It took away fear and the hmm. desire to run. Wow. That's <laughs> unusual. I, I yeah. don't know if I've ever heard that before. Yeah. yeah. When yeah. I talk about it, it's just so clear. Um, wow. Wow. It almost seems um, primitive in a way, which you would not expect from an, an, a, an a more advanced race, a, we, a race we perceive to be uh, more advanced, you know? I don't know because he, like I said, he could stretch that arm quite right. a ways and he could move very very quickly and he was i would have to say seven to eight feet tall 
That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, I, wow. saw him, okay, that's I saw tall. him about three or <laughs> yeah. four times in Connecticut. Right. And it wasn't until he, he disappeared then. And it wasn't until we moved to California and I was in high school and I was chased down the hill by the same type of entity and had to run into my girlfriend's house. Um, the cops were called because oh. he, I thought he was going to take me. And he ran through the gate into the backyard of my girlfriend. And we told her dad, um, there were six kids there. And so they never minded if we just walked in and out. And uh, if you walked in, you got fed. <laughs> <Our mom was laughs> one of those. So uh, I said, there's something in the backyard that chased me. And I don't know what it is, but I've seen it before. So his dad said, well, oh, no, we're going to call the cops before you go home. I live two houses down. And so he called the cops and he said, now, all of you go and sit in the, the family room, separate from a living room on a sofa. We did. We were looking through um, sliding glass doors and we could see the light of the policeman going all through the backyard. Mm -hmm. um, our yards were pretty long, long and narrow. And we were right. looking. And then all of a sudden, the policeman's light disappeared off to the side and this entity showed up at the sliding glass door with both hands up on the top of it like he was just, that's where his head level was. Holy smokes. Wow. Looking in at us and we kept saying, he's right here, he's right here. And pretty soon that policeman came running around and in the front door and he said, well, I don't have a partner with me tonight. I'm not going back there again. Goodbye. <laughs> you could see wow. his car racing down the street. <laughs> oh my gosh! Now, yeah. now, were you, how old are you? Still six years old at this point? No, or, no. Or was this was high school. Oh, high school. high school. Okay. And wow, so that's had, a big jump. Wow. Yeah. Okay. okay we had we, moved. Go ahead. Let's back up a second. So this entity is at the the sliding glass door in the back, right? Yep. And how many people are seeing this guy? Oh my goodness! There was my girlfriend. And one, two, three, three of her younger brothers and sisters. My gosh. Including and apparently myself. the policeman who was That's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's like, I'm good. Thanks. So. <laughs> yeah. Right. Really? Wow. He's a policeman yeah. with a gun and he doesn't want to do his nope. job. No. Well, I guess I can't blame him. That, that's got to be fear a, is fear, yeah. I guess. But um, <laughs> yeah. wow, wow. He was I mean, it's afraid. one thing if you're after a perp, but suddenly you see something you've never seen before. You don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah. So, so, wow. so this was the same tall guy that you described uh, earlier. Same, identical as what had chased me when I was a little and, girl. And could you describe again what he looks like? Yeah, he had a much smaller face than the grays, but the same shape, uh -huh. and the great big eyes. Um, the skin color was more of a kind of a fleshy, um, looked like you could mold it um, mm. in a way, but it, it remained, you know, in that triangular shape, the narrow chin and long, long, skinny. He, he looked like he needed food <laughs> or something because yeah. somebody feed this poor thing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. So, it goes to show you there's so many different types of races. Um, yeah. You know, you, you would hear, you hear different people describe different, um, different types 
of ET, but you just seldom ever see them. Paul Hillier, no. who is deceased now, the uh, right for in Canada, he used to say that he thought there was like, like over a hundred, hundred and sixty different. Yeah, you know, our defense minister in man. Canada. Yep. So a wonderful man, and one to speak up and say, "No, they exist." Yeah. So, what did your friends? I mean, what did you guys talk? That I mean, that's a big incident. That it is. <laughs> um, her dad has passed away. I am still friends with her, and she comes to Florida to visit me, and we've had some conversations about oh, this. We still, oof, I still yeah. remember it. Yeah. Wow. Well, at least you got confirmation. You know, it's nice to have someone else there to yeah. enjoy, quote, this with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. it's important right now because there's just oh, so many yeah. people who there's a lot of misinformation out there. And there's a lot of people think they yeah. see things that maybe they're not seeing. Or when you have validation, even from one other person, it's very substantial. Oh, you need it. You need something, someone to say, yeah. Um, we saw it too, or yes, I remember. I don't know what it was, but I saw it. Well, maybe that's still... what the purpose of that was, you know, yeah. because to give you some sort of con that's an unusual experience. I, you know, I've heard similar, but not quite so gosh, brazen, I guess would be the best word for it. Just very obvious. And because they yeah. do that, they will, they will want to show themselves at times. Mm -hmm. They do. And Finally, oh, after about half an hour after the policeman left, her dad said, I'm going to look out the window, walk you to the door then, and watch you go to your home until you're inside. So that's Very what nice he did. <laughs> yeah. I just kind of raced across the yard between us and in my front door. So that was a, a scary experience for you. I was, yeah. I <laughs> thought, oh, oh, no, here's that entity back again that I saw when I was a little child. Um, mm -hmm. And what does he want from me now? And it hadn't gotten dark yet. And he was chasing me down a hill. Our home was at the bottom of a hill. And he was behind me chasing. Um, I, I don't wow. know what the purpose was. That's terrifying. So were you starting to put the dots together at this point? Like, this is not a human? What could this be? Oh, yeah. Something told me this was not human. But I didn't know where it came from. Um, I wasn't sure at all what to do. Was I going to see it again? And if so, when? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, I was real leery about going out alone or without another friend with me. Wow. Hmm. And had, so you so. had just that, you had the Humpty Dumpty UFO sighting and then the yeah. one with your family. Any other sightings up to this point? Um, not, not up to that. Point. It wasn't until um, I started to wonder why um, I was trying to cover up certain noises and I wasn't sleeping at night. Um, remember the old, um, there were hair dryers and you put this hood on and there was a hose. <laughs> and so I knew that would cover up a noise that I heard. So I wouldn't go to sleep till about two in the morning, but I'd put that on and turn it on and it would distract me from what might have been coming and I just didn't remember. Block um, the sound. Yeah. So yeah. until um oh my goodness. I was older. My husband went to Vietnam. Um and then we were stationed at Fort Benning. And I was being taken, but I didn't have a lot of memory. 
um, because it was something that happened often. And then um, when I met Kathy Martin, she had moved to Florida. I invited her. She showed up at one of my meetings. And I thought, I think I know who she is. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. I wasn't sure if I should in, you know, introduce her or not. So I invited her to dinner. And she came. And I said, um, can I talk to you about some things in my life? And I told her. And I tell you, that woman investigates. She drove all the areas that we had been taken in Colorado and also here in Florida. Um, my husband was taken with me. She did some hypnosis work on both of us to see if there was anything that we could not remember. Um, my husband stops. As soon as he sees the entities, he stops. He knows he was on a, some sort of cold table, um, but he didn't want to know anymore. And she was fine with that but we've sure. done a lot of work um exploring what happened to me and where i was and she's got photographs of um bruises and marks and the same type of thing that happened to betty hill i had a fluid and some uh, bleeding in my navel she's got photographs of that mm -hmm. um and then i was just taken oh, quite book about yeah. Some of yours, right? Yeah, the first third of that book is my story. All right. Very, yeah. Very, very interesting. So before we get too far ahead, um, so this is happening to you as a kid and a teenager, and yeah. you're starting to put the dots together. What what moved you yeah. forward to you know starting a group and investigating and finding out more? How did well, how did that evolve? I was made a part of an experiment done by MUFON um, years ago wow. where people would, they chose 13 of us. I don't know who they are. I can't tell you. We were not introduced to each other. Um, they believed that we were experiencers and we had these boxes put in our homes at head level for when we were sleeping at night. If we were taken, they'd catch it. So, so you reported your case to MUFON? Is that how they found out about you? Yeah, we had, we were given journals. I had reported, yes. Oh, okay. And so they installed these boxes. Anybody walking in would think they were just boxes with, you know, some kind of decorative item. So um, they knew where all of our electrical outlets were. Um, and even at Christmas time, we, we had to tell them where our tree was, where the lights were, all that. So I had a call after I had journaled a case um, and was taken one night from the home I'm in now. And they said, you moved your answering machine. And I said, no, I didn't. Well, you had to have because it's not in the same spot. And I said, well, uh, I didn't. I'm standing right by it on that phone. And they said, well, did you have an experience? I said, yes. It's in my journal. So they knew something. Um, mm. They had hooked wow. that box up to a telephone. Um, they were taking downloads once a day, as far as I know. Um, so that box is basically a camera, an observation? A lot of things, I think. Yeah, more than a camera, microphones. Um, it took sound. It did everything. So all of those boxes are locked away somewhere. They have never done the study 
Um, what? Yeah. Mm. Nobody knows what the answers were, what they, what they that's uh, obtained. That's uh, very odd. Have, have you tried <laughs> to pursue that at all? Oh, yeah. Yes. Because that would be so interesting. I know. Fascinating to see what was there. I know other people have tried putting up cameras. I, mean, I remember reading about a case where a guy's like, okay, I know I'm being taken. I'm going to set up a camera. And he'd get up to go to the bathroom. That's when they take him. Or the power would go out. And that's yeah. when they get him. <laughs> that's when they get him. Is right. Um, and you know. <laughs> they, they seem to know that their picture is being taken. Um, or it's going to be. So we've devised something that helps. It's also good for paranormal. And that's to wrap the camera in a Faraday cage. Oh. Wrap it in copper wire, leaving the lens open. I always suggest that to people. And we're beginning to have a little bit of luck capturing, first of all, the paranormal. Now we'll see what happens um, with the other. Hmm. That's a good little oh. tip. Yeah. yeah, I have I have phenomenal equipment that can do conversations and such. So, but as far as capturing video, yeah, it's really difficult. Well, it's mm -hmm. about time we get a good picture because you know how many people complain to me like, oh, if this is true, we should have pictures by now. I'm like, well, you know, it's just not quite like as easy as you mm -hmm. think it is. They're a little camera shy. Yeah, apparently. they're a little just apparently. like Sasquatch and uh, some true, of the huh? other things. Yeah. Um, ghosts, spirits, those types of things just don't capture that many, but you know that they're, and mm. you just have to trust in yourself. And to me and many others, it doesn't matter if people believe us or not. Mm. We yeah. know. I think yeah. at some point. That you, you I've gotten great, great captures. Yeah. <laughs> I've gotten great captures over the years. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm very fortunate for that, yeah. but yeah, you know. But yeah, we live in a digital age. It's a lot harder. We do. It's much more difficult. Uh, there are so many things conflicting with what we're trying to do. Our Agreed. technology is moving ahead, however, so is theirs. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, it's wonderful to be able to bring equipment and science into studying this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But nowadays with CGI and Photoshop, pictures don't hold the mm -hmm. weight they used to. Yeah. They just no. don't. No, they don't. And, you know, you can't be taken aboard a ship, aboard a craft, and just say, well, excuse me while I snap a few pictures. A selfie? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think they'd be too agreeable. Well, why don't you just pick up a little object and bring it along with you? Well, uh -huh. Yeah, right. <laughs> Very good luck. What's um, so interesting is Betty Hill so almost got that book. That almost book. got it. Walking out the door, and they're like, "Wait a second. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Could have changed she, everything. Oh. Yeah, mm -hmm. it would have. And you know, you take a look at these entities and what they do with you and to you. And I think that they need to do what they're doing. Um, I, I saw a, a. Oh, I called him the doctor. He was a mantis, but he was so super intelligent. He did not have the personality. That we a have. lot of human doctors are like that, <laughs> isn't that funny? In no bedside manner. <laughs> Sorry, they have no clue, right? <laughs> and so he was just doing what he was supposed to do, getting it over with. Um, the ET that I saw as a child, 
I saw him over and over again. He was my guardian, my escort, um, took away fear, took away pain. And I know that if I saw him uh, again, which I did on one occasion, I haven't seen him for a few years, but I did during a near-death experience. <gasps> Forbidden history, grisly ghosts, monstrous cryptids, and harrowing folklore dominate Japan's history and culture. Mysterious Japan is a bi-weekly podcast presenting these spine-chilling horror stories, urban legends, and unbelievable histories in a campfire story format. Many of these tales have never been presented in English before. Our journey takes place where dark history and supernatural folklore collide. Mysterious Japan is produced, written, and translated by recognized Japan expert Dr. Heath Avey. Season 1 relates the unbelievable legends and ghost stories from the so-called suicide forest. Listen to Mysterious Japan for free on Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Learn more at our website at themysteriousjapan.com and be transported by unbelievable stories where the lines between reality and folklore become blurred in the shadowlands of Japan. Once again, that's themysteriousjapan.com. Really? And Denise, we have to go get into that a little bit. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's very kind. I'm attached to him. And I see that he has aged. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So can can we talk about your near death experience and how you met them? Sure. Or what yeah. you saw cuz that's I don't know that I've ever well no, can't say that. I have heard of people having a near death experience and seeing ETs. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's pretty rare. Yeah, I have not researched a lot of that. I just know that I've had mine. Um, right. Don't question it. No, it <laughs> happened. <laughs> and I think that's why I'm still here. I was given 20% chance to live. Oh, wow. And uh, that was in 1969. Wow, look at you beating the odds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, what, Fantastic. Can you describe your near-death experience and what you saw? Yeah. Um, I had a double stroke and I had blood clots going from pelvic area up to my brain. They don't know why they didn't hit my heart or my lungs. Mm. I think I know why. Um, so I was in, a, well, let's see, I was about to be put in ICU. So they decided whether or not to do surgery. Um, back then they did terrible things to see if you had brain tumors because they thought I was too young to have had a stroke. Well, I had two. And while they were trying to figure this out, um, and I'll just say it, I vomited. And it was uh, a substance that is in my medical records, and Kathy has those that says they could not figure out what this violent purple liquid was. Hmm. And they found it on the top of my hospital gown. A nurse came in that was dressed in probably 1940s. I remember it's 1969, 1940s old nurses uniform wow. with the spiky hat. Remember right. the old nurses thing right. spiky? That's what she, and little kind of Brillo pad fuzzy hair. And she looked at me and she had great big eyes. <gasps> she she came up to me and she said, Everything's going to be all right. She took my Neat. sheets, wow. she floated me above the bed, took my sheets, and left. She said, I'll take these to the lab. 
Well, not any lab that anybody ever found, nor did they find her. <laughs> so my doctor came in and said, we're going to ICU and then into surgery, exploratory. So he took me and he said, where are your sheets? And I just kept saying, the nurse took them. She has them. Well, <laughs> thank you for saying, glad I'm okay. Big concern of the sheets, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, do you think they were healing you then? Either that or they were going to. And I was in so much pain from the blood clots um, because I was getting gangrenous intestines and all that. So on the way to the operating room, I decided that was the end of that. I did not want to stay any longer. Now I had a five-month-old baby, but it just the pain was so intense that I was done. But the minute I thought that, I found myself up against the ceiling in the corner. And I saw that tunnel that they talk about. Oh, I had yeah. what I thought were feet and hands um, leaning on the wall up in the corner. And I watched my body being wheeled into the operating room. And it was like, oh, good riddance. Goodbye. Because the pain was gone. <laughs> <laughs> so um, all of a sudden, I realized I was in a place and space that was so, it was lit up, but it wasn't with these tiny little sparkly things um, that I felt were all souls or that I was told they were all souls. And I said, where am I? I don't see me. I was looking for my hands and feet and they said, you can break free, you can separate, just do it. Mm -hmm. So next thing you know, I could see an outline of a body that I knew was me, but nothing, I couldn't see fingers and toes, but just an outline. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, this is kind of lonely. I want to be back with the group. And I went right back. You could see 360 degrees. Didn't have to turn around to look behind you. I've, I've had that with an OBE myself, so I know what that's uh, like. <laughs> it's very, very amazing. And then I saw um, my ET way off in the distance wow. looking at me like, yes, we're here too. Wow. And then a voice said, no, you, you have to go back. You can't stay. And I said, no, mm -mm. <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> So, no <laughs> so then I was on the outside of that tunnel again, and I felt two hands. Couldn't see anyone, but I heard a male voice and pushed me. And I started to tumble down the corridor. And I went right through the doors without them opening, and I saw my body, and I started to fight against it, like waving and kicking and waving my head like, no, this isn't going to happen. But I went in, I saw my mouth open. I went in through the mouth, turned oh, wow. around, doubled back, and then a nurse said, she's back. And you thought, come on. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh, no, no, no. You know, that one of those. Right. Yeah. right. Denise, that is the most remarkable experience. Wow. Yeah. A bit it, about the nurse is... Mind blowing. Yeah. She levitated you off the bed? Yeah. Took the sheets. Wow. Um, I had a forensic artist draw uh, the best picture we could get of her. I can send it to you if you want. So sure. you can see what she looked like. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, it sounds like an ET, and I know how you know skeptics think, what, an ET in a hospital? Well, I wrote this book <laughs> called <laughs> The Healing Power of UFOs, which outlines 300 cases uh, of people who have been healed, which uh, includes blood clots, by the way, at least two cases that I know of. Oh, my goodness. And okay. Get this. 10 to 15% of these cases took place in hospital rooms, in the hospital itself. Wow. Mm. Wow. And people yeah. describe that same thing. You know, a doctor or a nurse coming in who the hospital yeah. cannot identify. Happens. Sometimes yeah. they're absolutely full-on ETs. Other times they're, look, you know, kind of human-ish. Yeah. There's so. something a little wrong with that, you know, <laughs> the way she looks. But she was very kind and, you know, leaned over and whispered to me. Um, so many years later, um, we had moved into this home, let me see, in 2001. And a few years after we moved in, um, my daughter sleeps on the sofa a lot while she watches TV and then just doesn't get up and go to bed. Mm. One Sunday morning, she was calling, and I have the forensic artist draw this. It's better than the nurse, actually. But knocking on the door and ringing the doorbell, and she called through to our bedroom and said, Mom, someone's at the door. So I struggled to get up out of a sound sleep. It was like, I don't know, 7 a.m. And I'm, I don't get up early. So I came out and I looked. We have a monitor. Our daughter has mild cerebral palsy and we, we want her to be safe. Sure. So she said, Mom, look. And we looked in the monitor and there were two women with bangs to hear black hair and then hair cut in a blunt cut um, just <laughs> below their ears. They had on um, dark brown, um, what would you call them, jumpers that had like a, a thing that came over their shoulders and great big buttons <laughs> here on either side and light colored, lighter colored blouses. And they were staring in the monitor and I saw one of them had a briefcase. So I just was going to open the door. So I started undoing the latches. When I opened the door, they were all the way across to the homes on the other side of the street. And we are, hmm. we are on a T-shaped uh, place where you park right in front of your home, a mixture of condos and single dwellings like we have. But they were on the sidewalk between the homes on the other side. They had moved that quickly. Hmm. And I said, wait. <laughs> no <laughs> but I wow. feel like they were checking up on me to see if I was okay right amazing well we need That's to take a quick station ID so hold on for just a second I'd love to get into some of what you re recalled under hypnosis and hypnotic regression because I'm sure a lot of answers came forth from that but let's just take a quick station ID. I want to let everyone know that you are watching The Light Gate. This is episode 43. I'm your host, Preston Dennett. My lovely co-host today is taking Dolly Saffron's place, who is otherwise engaged. This is Michelle Desrochers. You can check her own show out, The Outer Realm, which airs live each Wednesday and Thursday evening, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, and it's an awesome, awesome show. One of my favorite out there. So thank you, thank you. so much for joining us. 
Our lovely guest tonight is Denise Stoner. We've been talking about all of her incredible experiences beginning from early childhood and onward. And I have a feeling we've only scratched the surface of the things she has to say. But I do want to let you all know that we are airing live at, on United Public Radio Network at 107.7 FM from the beautiful city of New Orleans, Louisiana. Also on the UFO Paranormal Radio Network at 105.3 FM. We are so grateful for that. Also, of course, on YouTube and Facebook and get this, Roku. So that is awesome. We're on lots of platforms. Yeah. Yep. So if you guys <laughs> in chat have any questions, be sure to get them in early because at some point we will be fielding questions from you guys. But man, oh man, Denise, I am just blown away by your experiences. <laughs> this is the near-death experience and the healing and the fact that you have so much recall of this. This was all fully conscious that you recalled this nurse lady? Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Wow. That's just... So this has all been pretty benevolent overall for you. Would you say that that's true? I would say... Um, yeah, I got angry once, and I didn't want them poking at me anymore. Um, mm. So he offered a tour of the ship in turn. Uh -huh. was, wow. So I, I took it, and I let them do what they were doing, and that right. was the end of that. So, yeah. I just want to give a shout-out to just a Gen X dirtbag baby. Thanks for I'm so glad you said that, Denise, a tour of the craft, because this is something I hear. Because you know, people are taken on board and they're being physically examined and they're panicking and they're like, this is unpleasant. But if you can get past that fear, this is exactly what happens. They will give you a tour mm -hmm. of the craft. So what did, what did you see? I'm really curious. Well, two different experiences um one there's a possibility but we're not sure that kathleen was on the same craft mm. so i'll take wow. that one second because it just had the great big consoles and all different types of et sitting operating but the one i was taken on um we went around a corridor and into a room that as soon as I stepped inside, it felt like a heartbeat. And uh, Kathy did hypnosis on this, and it frightened her at first because my reaction to it was, she said it looked like I was being hit, my muscles, by beanbags. Hmm. And I was hmm. kind of freaking out about it and scared. So yeah. she, she brought me out. And said no I said let's do it again and I want to have this recorded so she did and when I stepped inside that room um, there were walkways very narrow walkways and a fluid just running underneath those and across the mm -hmm. floor and I was left to just look around you know curiosity of course I'm looking everywhere and at the far end of the room, I see the face of a woman, only she's not all female or humanoid or whatever you would call it, because I saw uh, organic uh, 
bacterial, mechanical. I saw her face hmm. all mixed in together and these great big pieces of like something similar to tubing running hmm. under the floor and this heartbeat that went boom, boom, boom. And I was saying, have they trapped you? I was thinking it, have they trapped you? And she said, do you think I can't leave when I want to? that I can come and go when I want to. Hmm. That's encouraging. Yeah. I said, that's interesting, thinking, <laughs> not speaking, just thinking. And I said, well, where do you go? And she said, well, there are many of us like me, and we can all communicate. And when we are called home to the larger ship, we know when we are to return. Wow. That's basically what she said. To so when, me. You, when you described this liquid, was that that's running through the tubes? I couldn't tell that because they oh. were um, not see-through, but the oh. floor, it appeared that they were. Okay. So I would have to say yes. Um, unusual detail. I can't say that I've ever heard that, which doesn't surprise <laughs> me. There's always unique elements mm -hmm. that I've never yeah, heard before when someone describes an onboard experience. Yeah, it was just everything was contained within that room. Um, you would not know what was in there unless you stepped inside. I see. Yeah. Wow, so that was the first tour quote that they gave you? Yeah. Um, the second one was not a tour. Um, it was they had the ETs had a bunch of us humans all standing in like a center lobby, if you will, um, <laughs> and uh, walkways. Some go one going left, one going right. In back of us, it looked like they were upset about what they were going to have to do, and they were not happy with. Mm. I call mm. it their project. It was their project. So I saw a woman grabs a little girl or a woman, a younger one and run down the hallway and into a room. We think that might have been Kathy, but we're not sure. But I saw them do that. And then they said, line up because you're going out. And we lined up in front of the huge console that they had that was operating the ship, all these buttons and lights and things that were going, and then a great huge window. So when we went outside, went down the corridor, stepped outside, and um, Kathy can speak of something similar. Here we are on a balcony. And I'm afraid that I'm going to fall. Where's the gravity? And someone said, step forward. So I did. And I didn't fall. There was um, the balcony pushed out from the back of this huge curved ship. And I touched the back of it. And it felt rough. Didn't feel smooth. Was not shiny. And we were all carrying <clears throat> black boxes. Now, oh, my husband. Black boxes. The black boxes. I, up. I didn't know anybody else had ever seen them. I still have never spoken to anyone that had seen them, but I felt very emotional and felt like I was doing something I shouldn't be doing, not have responsibility for. Hmm. Now, they took me out of my home here in Florida. But where this ship was, was overlooking, could have been Colorado, could have been Switzerland, freezing cold, lots of those great big tall pine trees, and the ship tipped 
right towards a granite cliff. Wow. Um, when the uh, end of it moved out, I recognized a person from my neighborhood. I asked him later, do you have this outfit? Do you have a, he said, but you'd never see it. I only wear it at home. So I didn't tell him. <laughs> wow. Well, it's but, still a level of confirmation right there. Yeah. That's amazing. Uh, so there were about six of us on that side of the balcony. And mm -hmm. I looked down and I saw one of those beautiful A-frame homes with the glass windows overlooking the forest those are very they, popular in colorado actually beautiful yeah oh gorgeous so hmm. finally they said we'll give you the signal and you drop your box so okay. i thought i what is this i i need to know what this is and they said you are carrying the souls of what will be new hybrid children huh and they gave me the signal. I dropped it. Everybody dropped theirs. I watched mine go below the tree level and then disappeared. Just kind of little flaky things that went into the roof of the home. And that was it. Well, I, I have a quick question on that. Because, I mean, I look at ETs being pretty advanced. I Why would, do you think, because it's your experience, why do you think that they would need all of you humans to do this on their behalf if you're doing it from the ship could they not just come in like parachute things out like <laughs> you know i mean we drop food and all kinds of things all everywhere so yes so I'm, I'm just trying to understand why they would put that responsibility on you guys it was a project it had nothing to do with with what they normally did Right. That this was something that was set up for them, I think, to see how it would work and mm -hmm. how it was handled, how we would handle it. And they weren't very happy with it. Not at all. Um, so I think probably, I don't know, that it was never done yeah. again. Right. Sure yeah. It gives you, sort of gives you or, or makes you ponder about essence. It does. If, you're, if, you're, if you have a soul of a hybrid child in a box, it, it makes you question essence because essence yeah. can't be contained that way. I felt something that was highly unusual. It had no seams. Mm -hmm. It was seamless. It was smooth. Yeah. Um, the edges were all very precise and sharp. Um, right. And it had weight. Hmm. So I remember that. We went back and looked. Yeah. I wish I had that answer. I, right. really I can tell you, I have personally investigated four or five cases where people describe little black boxes. They're not not large, you know, no, like a bread box, maybe twice the size of maybe uh -huh. two loaves of bread. Yeah, and one had yeah. it set up in the center of the room. Little girl, and they they kept asking her to get water. We need water for this. We need water. Oh, um, my which, and she finally just became tired of it. It's like, I'm not doing it anymore. You've got all the water. <laughs> <laughs> the little girls are so saucy. No, we're not. No more. Yeah, I mean, it's turned up in another case I investigated where the ETs showed up carrying this little black box. And gosh, if I remember right, they wanted her to hold it. So maybe there's some sort of weird mm -hmm. interaction that's going Because they do yeah. often want people to hold the hybrid babies and give yes. them nourishment. Yeah, or true. nurturing, I should say. Nurturing. Yeah. 
absolutely true. Um, it's, it's odd. They do seem to want people to participate and do they things. They do. On the, on the craft where this was humano, humanoid, operable uh, craft that I was on, when I left, I saw that other people have described all different size vessels all right. with the babies. And one of them said uh, to me, the ET said to me, um, look at that one. You're going to see a quickening. I don't know what it means to this day. All Thank I know calendar. is <laughs> that that baby shuddered, opened mm -hmm. its eyes, and looked right at me. And I felt that that had been mine. That was my child. Oh. Because I had a miscarriage on the side of a mountain in Colorado. Mm -hmm. um, and I looked at that because it was an outhouse. We were on a picnic in wintertime, which we liked. And so that's what happened. And I looked and I thought, oh, no, someone's going to come in here and see this. And I'm going to be arrested for something. I didn't know what. My mind was just, you know, mm. this is crazy. So when I was about to step off the craft, they said, now, I want you to know that anytime something goes wrong and you carry that baby and there's still, we can't fix it, then that one is yours to raise. Oh, my. Yeah. Now, what does that mean? I still don't know. I don't know. It's pretty profound, though. Yeah. <laughs> you because they don't see, and they don't typically would just give away hybrid babies to humans to say here. No, raise them. I mean, unless, mm. unless, you know, maybe it's generational contact or experiencers who have been through the same thing and they can, you know, trust the, the, the bloodline or the lineage. Well, I didn't um, know my first case. They asked the yeah. mother, take, take this home. She's like, I can't do that. <laughs> that. I'd love to. I'd love to explain that one to my <laughs> husband. That. Yeah. Yeah. Where did that come from? <laughs> sure. Sure. So, sorry. I didn't, I didn't mean to interrupt Michelle, but that just reminded me of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my God. yeah. So no, that would be hard. You know, who are they? What are they? I don't know. Right. Um, my curiosity is is just up there like everybody else's. Everything is so so many pieces to this puzzle. Yeah. Well, it's hard to were... piece together when you have missing time too. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Were you ever given any or taught any anything as to how things worked, like such as power source, things like that, when you're on the ships? You know, functionality, how everything works. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, well, everybody yeah, sort but, of gets brought up to the uh, cockpit, and, and you know, <laughs> right? so I'm just kind of yeah. wondering, you know, Look like Dolly, that. get out of my way. I'm taking over this gig, <laughs> and that's it, right? Watch us push all these buttons. Um, right. Let's see what happens. <laughs> what does this do? Right. I think the, I, the only thing I can think of is being shown how to make things oh. um, by uh, from the time I was a child and told here sit down and you're going to you're going to mold this into a tree you're going to make a rock you're going to do this with that and have grass grow um by just using your mind and your hands um i don't know does that have to do with the operation of a craft i don't think so 
Mm-hmm. But I was you taught might to some, some extent because the people I've talked to say that these craft are basically flown psychically. Uh huh. Yeah. Or there's a psychic component to it. Yeah. And certainly, what you're describing be. would go along those lines. And mm-hmm. some are organic. Is that right, Preston? Some of the these shows. Yeah. Yes. Well, that yes. reminds me, Denise, because you said you were feeling this heartbeat sort of thing, and that's an immediate what I thought of. Like, well, maybe that's the ship itself. Right. Yeah. It, but yet when you left that room, it didn't, you didn't feel that. You right. didn't sense that. Um, it was like the whole room was alive. That's all mm. I can describe yeah. it as. I don't have anything else to compare it to. Interesting. Um, well, that would yeah. be exactly the sort of thing I do here. And Dolly, Dolly Saffron, I wish she was here today because I know she'd be bursting with questions. I know. And uh, answers, too. <laughs> and answers. No. And no. sharing. Yes. Right. Um, right. So, so, so yeah, what, what, what else are some of your experiences? Is, did, did you recall other stuff under hypnotic regression? Well, or did you have fully ever have a fully conscious onboard experience after childhood? Oh, yeah. A lot of it was mostly conscious effort that, that I recalled, um, and that's why we didn't have to fill in very much with hypnosis. Well, that's um, awesome. Just a little bit, and I'm I'm glad for that. I really am, um, because some of the things I think they thought maybe I I shouldn't recall, um, mm. but others um, I I'll share a couple of things with you that. I had involvement with the men in black. I think we all do. I mean, you look from age two and a half. I'm in my 70s now. Right. That's a lot of years of (laughs) all of these experiences, and they don't go away. They just change, um, I would say. So, oh, when my mom was still alive, she passed away in 2016. So about 2008, uh, on Christmas Eve, we wanted to go and purchase some last-minute stocking stuffers. So we went up to the mall and parked outside our J.C. Penney's. And everybody was pretty much gone. I think there were only four cars out there counting hours. We went in double doors to enter. What we wanted to purchase, we both wanted to get the same thing, was right inside that door. And so wasn't the cashier. So we picked up what we wanted, got in line. There were two people in front of us. Both of us recalled this. And the double doors opened, and here came two women, blonde. We had it hair parted in the middle and long, almost long blonde hair. Do you remember what we called umbrella strollers? Yes. Yeah. There was That's no room for a fold-up jobbers, right? Yeah, yeah. fold-up handle umbrellas, yes. only double. And That's then right. it looped around, the baby was in there. You couldn't right. hang your purse. You couldn't put a diaper bag. You could do nothing. <laughs> so here they came and stopped right next to us and kept looking at me, looking down, looking at my mom, looking down. And finally she said, what's in there? And we looked again, and here were blankets in those strollers. And above that, small head with great big black dark eyes staring right at us no ears um no nose per se tiny little mouth and we went to tap the woman in front of us and she was frozen (gasps) we looked at the cashier 
wasn't moving, just staring straight ahead. So these women moved behind us and went on through to what was children's and infants' clothing. So I tapped my mom and I said, stay awake. I mean, really, we were just kind of, look at this. What are they? Mm -hmm. And I'm going after them. So I went down the hall, down the aisle to the right. They were gone. So we went up. Everybody was alert. We paid for what we bought, went outside, and there was nothing but that parking lot, the four cars, a parking lot way down the end of the building. The rest was brick, aside from the two double doors. My mom was just a little sprite, so fast moving. Um, she had everything out to my car before I could breathe. And <laughs> I started to walk. And you know the big wide sidewalks they have at a lot of the malls? So mm -hmm. I got to the edge and I heard a noise. I turned around and there were three men, all different heights, wearing black suits, black hats, and briefcases, leaning on the wall. Hmm. And one of them, and it was telepathic, I don't remember a voice, said, you know, like, come here. So I took a couple uh -uh. steps back. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I don't know why. You just do it. So they said to me, um, what you were shown inside, you must never voice. Oh, goodness. And here she is on the light gate. <laughs> <laughs> I, I gave up on that. Right. <laughs> wow. So these are so, probably ET as opposed to like government men in black. I mean, if they're speaking telepathically. Yeah, their faces were putty looking. Yeah, like, those are like, the classic like MIDs. No, and they had a strange look and they were kind of leaning like for support almost. So Odd. I grabbed my purchase, stepped off the curb, went across looking for cars uh, in case they were coming down the roadway went to my car, turned around, and they were gone. Mm. And there's no way. Well, this cannot I, be a coincidence. I mean, this has to have been uh, a setup in some way. Because, I mean, like, you're just going to be at the store and these uh -huh. babies are there. And no, and when, when some other people are not moving, that's right. a red flag that some, a, something's going on here. <laughs> yeah. And my mom was in, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I guess because so many things had happened to me, and then I told her about it. Um, we got in the car, and she kept saying, what was the matter with those babies and those women? What was the matter with them? Was there something wrong? What did, you know, she just kept it up, trying to justify what she saw. Wow. And I said, no, Mom, I, I don't know what they were. Um, they looked like hybrids. The babies looked more like greys. And she never saw the men. She did not see them. Um, and they weren't walking down that sidewalk to go home. Mm, <laughs> they were right. just well, were they yeah. there to pick up some baby clothes and just give you a little yeah. hello or something? Yeah. <laughs> so <Why> odd. <laughs> right? I don't even know what to think of that. No, I know. That's crazy. But I like that your mom was actually pretty open about it. Like she asking was. you for your opinion on it, like that she was receptive yeah. to it at least. Yeah. And if I said I, I don't know, are they from here? And she'd say, No, no, tell me what what was that? You know, like she was trying to absorb it. So oh, Janice, how old that's... was I then? Yeah. Well, I'm 75 now, and that was 2008 or seven. Right. 
All right. Mm -hmm. You can do the math. I'm not great at math. Well, I, uh, it's about 15 years ago, roughly. Right. <laughs> I still <laughs> worked out. Okay. Right. And me. Uh, I have math anxiety. This is a test, Janice. Come on. <laughs> We're trying to have fun here. Yeah, she just yeah. wants to figure say it that. out. Uh, Jeff just wants her moment of fame. <laughs> It's a great name. And, and you don't tell Duchess what to do. She Duchess says, I want my moment. I want my moment. <laughs> oh, my word. Yeah. But right. yeah, that, that was something I felt physically for, right. Right. gosh, about a week before that sense of wonder um, and questioning went away. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, that's an incredible experience, to say the least. So, so, you know, I know you've studied the paranormal as well and how this manifests after an experience. Have you yourself experienced paranormal as well in conjunction with all of this? I have um, a little bit. My mom, more. Um, she lived about two houses down from us. And she had one of those, I don't know if you've heard of them, top hat man. Mm. He had on a black top hat and the old-fashioned coat. And he was very intrigued with her refrigerator, froze everything inside, the milk, the eggs. He kept, she would turn the dial down, he would turn it back up, and she would hmm. see him. And I said, tell him to stop. <laughs> so she said, stop it. You know, find something else. Well, he went upstairs where my sister was. And the old type receivers with all the fancy lights and stuff that went hmm. when you played music. Yes. That had to stay on 24-7, or he turned that and the TV and the radio on. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow. What was your mother um, as a child? Like, Did she have these same sort of experiences? Because a lot of times this is generational. Do you know if anyone else in your family was an experiencer as well? I think my dad, due to that one that he mentioned, and my mm -hmm. mom never found out. Um, Kathy could have helped her with that, but she passed away before my mom did. Um, where when she remembers being, I think she said, just under teenage and had mm. made a new friend who's, and I'm still trying to research this, whose father was, had they had moved to Connecticut and he was now the head of Hartford Hospital. Wow. And they became friends, uh, this young gal, the man's daughter, and they did everything together. Well, one day she remembers standing on the street in Hartford, and for some reason she felt she needed to go across the street to an abandoned building and lot. Mm. And she said to the gal, go with me. No, I'm not going in there. You go, <laughs> I'll wait right here. And so yeah. she said she did. My mom has no memory of something that that went on in there, except for some very, you know, flashes, odd flashes of faces, of big eyes, of something that went on. And then all of a sudden, she finds herself on the sidewalk, comes back across the street, was invited to dinner at this gal's home, and they disappeared. Hmm. And well, sounds like something. Didn't, yes. there, there was no more. The, the girl, yeah. But your grandparents, they talked about seeing little people? Yeah. 
I mean, that could They're be. contactees. <laughs> yeah, for sure they are. I know there's there are. Scotland. Everything happens in Scotland. <laughs> yeah. Gosh. Man, the guy who swears up and down, he saw an elf. And it wasn't an E.T. Uh-huh. So I, I don't know. Because I do believe there are little people. They're in every culture. There are little. Yes. So, yeah, for sure. That could be. Re- re- I mean, it could be E.T. as well. Because, I mean, how it do you interpret be. it back then? I know. I don't know. Uh, it's yeah. there. I've been to Scotland. Let me tell you. Isn't there that is something? Prime real estate for yeah. experiences. Oh, it absolutely is. It's just it's, it's yeah. you know, part of my lineage as well. I love it. It's oh, beautiful. yeah. Me too. That's what I was raised. My dad was French Canadian. Nah. So I'm half French Canadian and then half I too. <laughs> Really? <laughs> yes. Oh, I see. De Rocher. My, yeah, I married that one a long time ago. You married that one. That became oh, okay. my professional name. I got stuck with it. But I actually uh-huh. do. My maiden name is French as well. So. Oh, yeah. Yes. Mine was Labonte. Leblanc? Labonte. Oh, yeah. 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 And that was Leblanc. So, yeah. Oh, yours was Leblanc. <laughs> oh, all right. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. so, you know what? If I pop up a couple of questions from chat, because we're sure. now approaching yes. the last Take away, Preston. 20 minutes or so, <laughs> half an hour. We don't have a whole lot of questions because people are a just enthralled. Yeah, yeah, a lot of comments. Absolutely enthralled by what you're talking about. But let me see. Well, let me just pop up this because I there deserve being told what OPUS stands for. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) The Organization for Paranormal Understanding and Support, which I understand you are a part of. Mm -hmm. But let me, here is a question from Doxy, which we touched on regarding uh, making a Faraday cage. She's asking, if we wrap our cameras with copper wire, will it help stop ET and spirits from seeing it? Yes, it's been uh, just started. And it, get the fine wire. I mean, you don't need to completely engulf the thing. Just mm-hmm. expose the lens and the, what you need to show and just make a semi-wrap around it. All right. And it'll protect it from any electrical, you know, outside interference as well. Yeah, true. So, I think that would work with us because it's like copper grounds you. And if I could work on a a camera which should wrap it around your head it's like tinfoil <laughs> on your head <laughs> i don't be silly it's okay <laughs> you know, tinfoil folks you know yeah. they make fun of it but one Why day, not, have another day. <laughs> okay, here, here's another question regarding that experience you had with the little babies in the carriage do you th- it's coming from janice and she's asking do you think that that was your baby oh good question um that is one of the only reasons I can come up with as to why I was shown those children. Yeah, because sometimes, um, as she says, they do emotional bonding with the baby. Uh-huh. And they looked at me like that. And I really wanted to reach and pick one up, but I didn't dare do that. I just, you know, I was so stunned myself. Mm. Wow. And then my mom had to have the answers to everything. Uh, what was that? You know, that's why all the way home. What did we see? What did you see? What was that? <laughs> you know, that right. type of thing. Yeah. Crazy. Oh, yeah. I just want to pop up this comment from Karen Swain. Hi, Karen. So lovely to hear some of Denise's story. Thank you all. Kevin Briggs has been talking to me about Denise for years. Oh, uh, Kevin. <laughs> yeah. He's been a good friend. Yes. Kevin Briggs. Why does that name sound familiar to me? Oh, he's from the UK and he's written a book 
I think he's maybe written a second one, and he has had experience from age eight. These, the Council mm -hmm. of Eight is what he calls them, several different okay. types. Right. Yes, yeah. All right, well, I'm gonna pop up another question, and this is actually a really lovely and poignant question from Doxy, which is, I'm sorry, gonna cover part of your face. We're trying to fix that, folks. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going but Doxy on. Doxy says, Denise, at any stage of your lifetime experiences, have you felt like you were losing your mind? I asked with great respect. I would oh. have questioned myself many times with my experiences. The, the only one I wondered about, and of course I started to research right away, was how quickly I left my body. It had nothing to do with the ETs. It had to do with that near-death experience and making a decision when I realized I had connected with my consciousness and boom, I was out. And then when I came to, there's a story background to that too, um, because I didn't like myself a whole lot. I thought my personality was yeah, Yeah, I did. And I hooked up with who I had been in the past life life before that and asked if there was a way to trade to go back to that and I did um, people that saw me uh, in recovery and afterwards I was in the hospital for a couple of months said who is she that's not Denise that's she my handwriting changed everything changed so then I became accepting of what had happened to me hmm. Wow. All right. Well, really interesting questions are popping in. So uh, here is one I have. It's an interesting question I never even considered. Woodland yeah. Goblin 2025 says, hello there, Denise. When the alien beings communicated to you, did they use contractions? Like don't or can't. Oh, or did they boy, say that's... do not or cannot? <gasps> that's a good question. <laughs> um, gotcha. <laughs> think about that. I would say that they did not use contractions. No. Very proper speaking. You know, I've heard that with proper. a lot of people describing ET encounters of all types. They use a, a flawless English or whatever language. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And is very, very precise. Yeah. Very strange mm -hmm. accents sometimes turn up. They yeah. don't use things like, for example, they would not say flashlight. For me, it would be like a torch. Mm -hmm. Not a flashlight. It's, it's a torch. Like it's. Mm -hmm. They will speak in your own language, but sometimes the telepathy moves a little bit beyond language. Yeah, it mm -hmm. does. Um, I, it's I would knowing. say flashlight. <laughs> I, so. yeah, first time I heard torch, I'm like, really? You guys carry a torch around? Oh, that's yeah. kind of funny. I know. <laughs> that's what they say. Remember the torch. For sure, but okay. yeah, okay, very, very <laughs> precise, and yes, it's unknowing, I guess I would say. You know what they're saying, yes, uh, yes. I don't know how else to put it. It right. doesn't sound like words, but it's words, <laughs> it, yes. Well, I love that question because that definitely makes me think. I, I oh, agree, but, mm -hmm. we're not very yeah. slang, slang using folks, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> No, that's excellent question. Thank you. All right. And here's a question which turns up a lot, and it's definitely a standard question among experiencers. Yes. Coming from Wayne Mallows. Denise, may I inquire, are you a negative blood type? I No, I am an O positive. Mm -hmm. My daughter was know. born O positive. Right. And 
she had to have a complete blood transfusion when she was born. Wow. And they cannot explain why she now has my husband's blood type. Be positive. Mm. Very interesting. Amazing. See, I'm glad to hear that because people say, oh, no, it's only, <laughs> you know, what, what's it called? R RH negative. I'm RH like, negative. No, yeah, not, not always. No, and it's not because people are like, well, how come black people are never taken? I'm like, what are you talking about? Well, of course they are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> people of every single ethnicity that you can exactly. imagine. Pacific yeah. Islander, Asian, Latino. Exactly. I mean, name it. And they hide it more, a lot of them. We have a Latin family we've known for years next door. They're just as kind. And one of the sisters has had a lifetime of experience only when she goes home to Puerto Rico. Oh, but they were that. so afraid well, knowing that this is what I do, this is what I research, that they had to sneak over in the dark of night and sneak me over there and have a translator so that they could tell me their experience and not be afraid. Oh, yeah. wow. I'm really pointed wow. about that. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, mm. All right, I would like to pop up another question. This is from Allison Carr. Because you described seeing a mantis at some point. I'm not sure if we really got too much into that. But oh. she's asking, did the mantis seem considerate or just plain neutral? First of all, very determined, very neutral. And that's when I got angry when the mantis worked with me uh, that one time. <clears throat> and when I yelled, he turned and he tipped his head right in my face like, what is she doing? Questioning. <laughs> Those are human emotions that it didn't quite understand, I think. And right. so that's the only time I saw anything like that from a mantis. Well, but is that the only time you've had a mantis experience? Well, several times in the craft, they would do whatever uh, medical I guess research. Do you um, think that they're more? Because people people see different types of ETs. They see grays. They see human looking. You know, they see tall grays. Right. Uh, mantis. And some people told me, "Well, it felt like the mantis were in charge." Uh -huh. Do you have that impression at all? I don't think they're in charge, but I think they're they're very determined uh, to complete whatever it is they're doing. Um, and a exactly lot of it has. Yeah, I research. They're very okay. smart. They're very much into oh. research. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you Super could sense the brilliance. Okay, well, here is one more very unusual question, and I don't know if you're going to be able to answer this, but no questions <laughs> are off limits, so we always encourage people to ask whatever is on their mind. And jb 39 is asking, long ago I had an experience in which I saw a trench coat being with a fedora hat passed through the second story window. Well, that's a red flag right there. <laughs> he had a black on yep. his with a red LED light. Do you know what this might mean? That's fascinating. <clears throat> no, I don't know what that means. I have never seen the red light. And I've seen, of course, the men with the fedora hats and that type of thing. Um, they used to beat us to the punch when I was working for Move On um, during the Bigelow days. I don't know if you know what those are. I worked for Bigelow, and um, 
it was very interesting because they beat us to the punch every t time we were going to go and collect evidence. Hmm. Interesting. Um, but I have enough documented that I don't recall any with the red LED light. That doesn't mean they didn't have it. Hmm. Sometimes I think they're trying to fool us into saying, oh, that one's not telling the truth. <laughs> right. I've heard they the probably. fedora hat thing before. It's, oh, um, yeah. They'll wear yeah. strange, you know, cowboy hats, fedora hats, uh, mm -hmm. wigs, yeah. even at times. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, and their cars have changed in the UK in some places where, if you can actually get up to the car when they're trying to leave, those cars with the being in it melt right in front of you. Crazy. Just like a big oh. glob of metal, just. Boom puddle and they're gone there, that's mm. that's right there yeah uh-huh mm -hmm. so why not led lights <laughs> yeah um, although mm. let me comment to that person is i've given some recommendations to people who are afraid to be taken and there are certain types i would say a reptilian type do not like led flashlights get a bunch of them and put them on your nightstand, put them by your bed, put them where you can grab them. If you shine them right at their eyes, they're going to go away real quick. Yeah, the LED seem to be, like, I don't think grays like them very much either. No. They're just too, they're just too bright. Yeah. Well, Dolly Saffron, she says she's been up in the craft, and people are down on the ground sending those little, Laser pointer. Oh, yeah. They don't like those either. That's like, no, thank you. Can't you mess up a pot, normal pilots with that. You can't do stuff like that. So, yeah. What do you think of the whole CE5 movement where people are calling these things down? Um, do I agree with that? <laughs> Ooh, not really. I'm, I'm left of the line on that. I, I don't know we should be doing that yet. Um, yeah, hmm. that approaches. Boy, um, I know they're going to come in their own time. Um, they're going to um, be disclosed in the proper way. Uh, we've just got too much to cover yet, I think. Um, don't be too quick. And one guy I interviewed said, you know, when people do CE5s, they need to be aware that this opens them up to my labs and government coming up mm. with reverse engineered tech and fooling everyone into a... Boom. Negative ET experience and yeah. all of this, which yeah, no, thank you. Uh, yeah, I don't want to call government folks with their ET mm -mm. mind control no. negative stuff going on because no, we can't figure out our own um, and what's going on here and how to handle it. Um, there's there's just too much that we need to look at. I mean. Look how some of this paranormal is now mixing together. Are they coming through the same portal? Are they arriving? In the, are they aware of each other? I've spent tw 20 years working um, in the field of high strangeness, so to speak. I could tell you half of the families I've worked with, and I've worked with hundreds, hundreds yeah. and hundreds, not thousands of people, at least half of them have also claimed to have extraterrestrial experiences. Uh, yeah. See, that just they, tells they, you. They mix, they mix. Or is it is it maybe mix uh, not getting their mistaken identity, I guess is the best way to put it, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
And, also. you know, look at the changes in our bodies, um, mm -hmm. immune suppressant uh, illnesses, things mm -hmm. that show up after mm -hmm. they've been taken, um, right. gets worse um, mm -hmm. as they go along. And how does that come about? Look at all the people that have got, uh, like I do, clotting disorder. You say, where did it come from? Oh, something in your uh, family. Mm -mm, can't find it, never existed. Mm -hmm. So um, you can name a number of things. Uh, diabetics, I'm one of those. Mm -hmm. um, so many things. Oh, you're welcome. Okay. <laughs> All right. Chris <laughs> Teen actually has a very interesting question as well. Do you have any, hmm. you know, intuition or idea or knowledge of when the ETs might be showing themselves? I do feel like open official contact is inevitable at some point. Yes. You oh, can't yeah. hide the sky. This is a message a lot of contactees have been given. So, yeah. yeah. Christina's asking I, your thoughts on that. I used to know when they were coming for just me, and others say the same thing, by a, almost a tinnitus a ringing in the ears, and you know within 24 hours you're going to go visit them. Um, but do I know when they're going to come? I don't think it's too long. I hope I'm still here, but it's, it's going to be kind of on the fence for me. But I think others, yeah, it's not, not far down the road. And another question that keeps popping into my head is, you know, I know you've talked about men in black, but what about like government? Do you feel like you've been under any type of government surveillance or interference in any way? Yes. Um, Kathy and I were doing a radio show. And during the radio show, our phones just quit. And then they couldn't hear us. We could see the radio host. Um, they could not hear us. And then Kathy's phone quit then mine quit. She got her, hers turned back on within a matter of hours. We had to call for repair. When the repairman came out, he knocked on the door and he said, I'm going to have to call my technician, my supervisor. They came out and then pretty soon he knocked on the door and he said, are you aware you have a bundle of DOD wire next to your regular phone wire? Ah, well, wow. there you go. Well, well, so, <laughs> that was <Yeah>. not about. <laughs> they said, "Do you want us to leave it? Do you want us to take it?" What? And I said, "You know what? If it's connected back there, leave it alone. It's still there, as far as I know. I'd have to go out and look." Yeah. Hmm. Um, okay. Hmm. Well, I want to pop up the book again that you wrote with Kathleen hmm. Martin. I definitely recommend people check this out because it has not only your story but others as well, right? Oh yes, and some of our research is yes, in the and, back. And just, also, just can you just go back real quick, just for our our audio listenership? The book is called "The Alien Abduction Files: The Most right. Startling Cases of Human Alien Contact Ever Reported" by Kathleen Martin and Denise Stoner. So check it out. Oh, Thank and you forward so by much. Stanton Friedman, a true yes. God pioneer and lovely gentleman. Oh, uh, what a gentleman! <laughs> what a he he used to. Um, take us to dinner if we were at a conference oh. and we'd say, can we sit next to each other? Same thing at the <laughs> conference at our vendor tables. And he'd say, no, I'm a, uh, how did he put it? 
I'm a thorn between two roses. He was. So there's yeah. also this book, Making Contact Alien Abduction Case Studies. Mm -hmm. conspiracies and cover-ups now mm -hmm. is this written for children i think i, I saw that it it's that something age. yeah it's something that children can read more comfortably um i'm so glad just, to hear that yeah. because contact starts when people are little kids absolutely often, well <laughs> I've heard this many times kids will yes. go to their parents and the parents yeah. are like you had a nightmare go back to sleep yeah so i mean they no tried recourse. to they tried to protect me before they admitted something was going on. And they said, oh, she's got an imaginary friend. Mm. Does he have a name? And I try to describe him and say, no, he doesn't have a name. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, boy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay, well, we've only got about five or seven minutes left. So is there anything we didn't talk about that you want to uh, discuss? Well, I just want people to have a little bit of an open mind. Um, whether or not they have experiences, don't be afraid to talk to an experiencer. Don't be afraid to ask questions if they've already stepped forward and they are telling their stories. It's important to all of us to know that we're being heard um, because there's something going on, something huge. And I think that we don't want to have to face it last minute when we have a visit that no one can say no to. Um, so share with each other, be caring, Good advice, and consider yeah. it, and learn from each other. Should should people be fearful of these of, of what's coming or of these these beings? Should they be afraid or should they be welcoming? I would say no. Um, because they're a part of what we are, who we are, all the planets, not just us. Yes, thank you for that. Yeah, mm -hmm. I That's agree with you. Okay, we got another question coming up, and I think we have time for this. We've still got, right, Michelle's good seven minutes. <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> I'm in a good authority that you're okay. Just keep okay. it under the two hours for that whole replay thing. <laughs> yeah. All right. So <laughs> Yeah. is asking Denise any thoughts on UFOs appearing differently throughout time as described by Jacques Vallée I think he means you know back in the 1800s right the airship um, mystery the Swedish ghost rockets the Foo Fighters all the of the above I mean I think that their that? technology yeah. I've spoken to a man that used to work out at the Cape and saw the uh, people that we have as astronauts go up in space and he said that something he was shown, he had a clearance, he escorted them onto the craft of the shuttle. Um, he said, we are a minimum of 50 to 60, maybe 100 years behind the technology that some of these crafts have. And if you can imagine if we discover something spectacular that happens um, in a matter of a year, can you just add the hundred years to that? And sure, those yeah, crafts at are least, I would say. <laughs> at least, at least, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Very, very cool. So what can you tell us about this uh, book, Making Contact, Alien Abduction Case Studies? 
Well, those are just a, a basic um, group of case studies that have been looked at um, that are considered um, telling the truth. They're easy and gentle on the person reading them or child. And there's something, something the parents can share with their kids that tell some stories um, and they want answers. Very cool. All right, I want to bring up another picture because she's big, a big part of your whole journey here. Yeah, big, big part Mom. of my life now. Yeah. <laughs> so that must be just awesome that you guys are able to connect so closely and help yeah. each other out because it's always oh, good to have a support system in this field. <laughs> absolutely. And, you know, she's from New Hampshire. My dad was born in New Hampshire. I was there a lot as a child. We have a lot of connections. Um we spent a lot of time in the same areas when we were younger. Uh, I've seen Betty and Barney Hill's home. I've seen their grave sites. She took me Aww. herself, um, which was just really going out of her way to show me, you know, where she was from, her school, um, mm -hmm. all of that. Yeah. Well, well, people are absolutely loving the show. Allison says, great show. Please have Denise on again. I know Dolly's going to want <laughs> to have you back because she missed the whole show. Oh, <laughs> poor Dolly. Like, yes, we want more Denise. So, yeah. Chad Dolly's lost my gain. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> oh, Sorry, Dolly. I love you. Rub it in, rub it in. Yeah, I love you, right? <laughs> oh, I thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Um, I really enjoy knowing there are people listening and learning and sharing with me. So do you have any future plans with going uh, other books or? I am trying to write something right now, but I'm also doing some research. And again, it's on how come all of us have something that affects our immune system. Uh, I've got a nurse working with me on that. And I'm going to have a survey out um soon that everybody can fill out yeah you mentioned that when we talked before yeah. the show on the, the phone i thought that's an interesting idea because i have noticed a fairly high incidence of autoimmune disorders among uh -huh. contactees but then again it's a big problem uh -huh. on earth as well it is it might and be interesting to look at like airline pilots or stewardesses or people who oh i've already got them going okay. <laughs> i have one that calls me the problem is he's had these effects um, with blood clots and so forth and so on. Um, wow. But then he reports and sends me photographs out the window of these things that he sees uh, coming over uh, Montana for one. Mm. Um, thank you for having me and listening, everybody. <laughs> um, so they've just been told with this one airline, I can't name it. I don't want to cause no, him any sure. trouble. They can right. no longer take any photographs out the window of the plane. Wow. Wow. I want yeah. in on that. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we're getting towards closing time here. I do want to give another shout out to all you lovely people who are able to donate to the show. It's truly, truly appreciated. So very, very, very kind of you. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Thank Denise, you. for joining us tonight. People keep asking, where's Dolly? Where's Dolly tonight? Well, I'm going to let the cat out of the bag. Oh, uh, here we go. go. It's all <laughs> the rest of <laughs> <is> out, Dolly. 
Yes, Dolly is on Jimmy Church right now. So if you want to pop over, you might be able to catch. I wasn't going to tell you at the beginning of the show because we want you here. That's right. (laughs) Selfish little Preston. (laughs) So, yeah. That's all on me. No, that was actually Dolly's. Yeah, we all talked about that, just so you know. (laughs) So I figured, why not? You know, why not? Dolly deserves definitely some kudos for going forward. For sure. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, but it was fantastic. Absolutely uh, loving spending. Yeah, the evening with you, Denise, and your stories are incredible. And thank you so much for sharing all of your your stories and memories with us. Thank you so much. I enjoyed being here every minute of it. And your people are just amazing. They're contributing questions and comments. I love it. (laughs) Awesome. Yes. All right. Well, Michelle, do you want to take out the show and read the call signs and do what do what you do? We shall. We <laughs> shall. So thank you everyone for tuning into the Light Kate this evening with Preston Dennett and myself, Michelle Droche, and our very special guest, Denise Stoner. Wow, the tales she was telling us. My goodness, it'll stay with us for a little while. And don't hesitate to reach out to her if you have any other questions. So we are broadcasting live on the United Public Radio Network, UFO Paranormal Radio Network, 105.3 from the Gulf Coast and 107.7 FM from the beautiful city of New Orleans. And hopefully, for those of you who caught us on Roku TV, watch for the archive and be sure to check out all of the archives that will probably go up, I would say, within a couple of hours. So thank you all for tuning in. You guys in chat, you completely rock it. Thank you. Would not be the same without you all. Bam. And Denise, one last few minutes. Tell everybody how to find you. Okay. Um, just right now, because my website was hacked. So go to my email. It is dmstoner, the number one, at gmail.com. And I will respond. Excellent. DMStoner number one at gmail.com. Correct. All right. Excellent. Thank you. You are so good on the show. People just loved you, and so do I. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, both of you. Thank you for coming. No, we loved it. Well, thank Dolly. I had both of you tonight. (laughs) Lucky girl. (laughs) Oh, gosh. All right. So, Preston, are we good to call it a night? We're good. Episode 43. Shut it down. Coming (laughs) to an end. Good night, everyone. Have a terrific week. See you on the Light Gate next Monday night, 9 p.m. Eastern. Oh, yeah. And check out Michelle's show, too. The Outer Realm. (laughs) Yeah, what Preston said. (laughs) Good night, all. (laughs) Good night, everyone.